You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. How was work today? You're doing construction right now, right? Who else? Were you outside in the cold? I was in and out all day. It's cold out. But for the most part, I was upstairs. All last week, I was crawling around on my having to put um, plumbing. You brought in the cold with you. It was was really warm in here. What? You guys opened that door and it was like. When you asked about the occupations, I didn't know if you wanted like history of what I've done or. You had a lot of jobs? Yes. Really? Oh, I want to hear about that. I, That's I interesting. Was all over the place. Sears and Nestle. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Stop it! I worked at Sears Warehouse. Okay, and so. then Nestle's Warehouse. Okay. Wait, like Nestle Toll House, like chocolate? Mm-hmm. Really? Worked in the warehouse, all the chocolates and all the frozen foods that they have, and believe it or not, they actually have cat and dog foods too. Really? Because yeah, because they own a lot of smaller companies. And so this place was massive. Yeah. Where was that? Out in Ontario, California. So you broke your back? Yeah. What happened? We were taking a substantially large patient back home from the hospital. As we were lifting him up onto his bed, he was on, it's like a special tarp that has handles on it. And as we were lifting him up onto the bed, there are three of us standing up there and there are three standing on the ground. And my partner got his feet stuck in the sheets as we were walking backwards. Well, because he started falling, he let go. And his weight transferred to me so fast that it wrenched me sideways and down. So instead of dropping him on the floor, I kind of hunkered down and broke my T9. What's recovery from that look like? Well, it's supposed to be rest and relaxation to give it a chance to heal, but it still doesn't happen. Constantly hurts. Even now? Mm-hmm. Did you have to have surgery? No, not yet. A lot of good stuff. Oh my gosh. Don't break your back. And you can still crawl around and like do plumbing and you're in houses and. Mm hmm. Uh uh. Do you not want a desk job? I'm not an office person. Uh-uh. I'm a hands-on kind of thing. Closest to office I had was working a dispatcher. Did you like that? I did. It was very mentally stressful because we would do 12-hour shifts. And on average night, I was in charge of about 20 ambulances. And Was that around here? No, this was in L.A. County. We can go from only having like one or two calls to dispatching all 20 within five minutes. Those are stressful nights, very stressful, because the computers, when you get a call, it just beeps, and it just, it was nonstop beeping, so. Do you ever hear beeps now? And <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> get brought back to that moment? Sometimes. I like to move and I like to be really busy, but I'm not sure I could handle like the mental stress of people actually being in very real trouble. Chaotic. Mm-mm. Yeah. You got to be a special person. You got to 
have the right mindset for it. Mm-hmm. If you're a person that panics easily, that is not for you. Because every now and then we would have our call takers would answer the call and then transfer to whoever area it would be. This one night, I was not expecting it. The call taker didn't even warn me. My phone just rang, and I answered it, dispatch. And this lady's screaming at the top of her lungs. I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? Take a breath, slow down, and ended up that her husband had just had a heart attack, and I had to turn around and walk her through CPR over the phone until the ambulances got there. That's definitely a wake-you-up moment. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's not only like retaining calm for yourself, but attempting to put calm on somebody else who you're on the phone with. Like, yeah, yeah. Ups to you. Let's see. What else do you need to know? What were you Googling? Stoffers, DiGiorno, Lean Cuisine, Sweet Earth Foods, Hot Pockets. From mm-hmm. Nestle's? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hot Pockets. Free food? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, Christmas and Halloween, we'd always get boxes like, they would just hand us cardboard boxes full of candy. We would go to a restaurant where me and my brother lived. They always knew us as the Nestle boys. <laughs> so we would go in there, and they would always, like, just request, you know, can I get this? Can I get that? And I'm like, sure. And oh, you're nice. We went in there, I mean, with, like, handfuls so that they can hand out to everybody. And uh, a couple of the waitresses actually paid for our meals since we brought oh them candy. Oh, my gosh. So. Sweet. Tombstone. Jack's Pizza. They have lots of stuff at Nestle's. I mean, really? I'm surprised. I had no idea that was all under Nestle. They even have like Friskies, cat foods, and Alpo dog foods and stuff. Oh, yeah. And coffees, creamers. Hey, tell me this story about you moving from California to Ohio. You and your brother were young adults, Mm. and your mom came this way, but like, what made you guys say, hey, we're leaving California and coming to Ohio? I was born and raised and couldn't wait to get out. It's just everything is just so dead and dry out there. And We came out to visit in August of 01. And it was green. It was. It was green. It was like really nice. And I did not want to go back. As soon as we um, moved or we went back out there, my aunt basically started looking for jobs for me and ended up getting a job, a dispatcher job with Pell and EMS, which they're not around anymore, but did the whole interview over the phone application over fax machine. and That's old school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he told me, he says, whenever you come out, come visit us and we got a job waiting for you. December, we were out here. You look like a born and bred and raised Ohio guy. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> swears I'm from the South. <laughs> they all say I have an accent from the South, but yeah, they like, wow, I don't see it's it. LA. <laughs> so you dispatched here. Yep. Did it out there and came out here and continued that and continued the fire department and ambulance and stuck so, with it. Okay, so you're a trained fireman mm-hmm. and your house caught on fire. What was going through your head when that happened? basically get them out. I told Cheryl, get the girls, get the dog and get out. And first thing I did was grab the hose. And we had one of those, the hand crank hose reels of all times for that to blow apart was right then and there. 
Oh, jeez. So I turned the water on, pulled the hose out, and got to the front of the garage, and there was no water. So I had to run back, and I ripped it apart, and had to hook the hose directly to the house, and started spraying it again. Because, mm. I mean, my initial thought was to, like, anytime we had either gas fires or propane fires, we always had to put the water on a fog pattern. So basically, it would push the flames back so that we can reach in there and huh. turn the valves off. And that's what I tried to do. But by the time I got back around the front, it burnt through the propane line and basically was a clear. giant blowtorch. I kept trying until my face started getting really hot and apparently I had some burnt hairs. And so when it got too hot there, I turned around and went inside the house because the fire was coming through the wall and basically kept it knocked down until I couldn't take the smoke anymore. I mean, my eyes were, I don't want to say swollen shut, but pretty close. I couldn't breathe anymore, so I Does Lee Tony have out. a volunteer fire force? Yeah, their volunteer department. And it took them a little bit to get there, but I didn't notice the time because I was kind of in tunnel vision. And Were you a firefighter for a job? Or were you like volunteer? It was pretty training? much volunteer. Started out in California. When I was 15, I got into the Fire Explorers. And as soon as I turned 18, I got onto Riverside County Fire as a volunteer. It's extremely difficult to get onto a paid department. And unfortunately, out here, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And even out in California, for each opening, there's an average of 1,000 applicants. I really had no shot out there. So... Is that still a thing? No. I had to resign um, probably eight years ago, eight or nine years ago. I mean, Chloe was roughly about two, and I just couldn't make the commitment anymore. Yeah. Department required so many hours of response time. You had to do meetings. You had to do training. There was the fire side of it, so you had to have fire hours and fire training and then the EMS had to have EMS hours and training. Oh, you did EMS too? Yeah. So because I did fire and EMS, I had to do basically double the training and yeah. plus the minimum hours of response time. And That's I a just, lot of work. I couldn't make the commitment. So instead of tying up a position, I resigned. I miss it every day. I was going to say you miss it? <laughs> every day. I hear sirens and I'm just, I just kind of close my eyes and kind of wish I was still doing it. Yeah. All right. You ready? Sure. Wait. All right. Go ahead. Welcome, Sean Podcast listeners. It's Bevan. It's Kevin. And we oh are my gosh. here. <laughs> we are here with Kevin Williams, the distinguished Kevin Williams. Woo-hoo. Welcome to our studio, Kevin. Thank you. Great to have you here. I haven't been in the studio for like three weeks. I know. We don't even know how to Where act am anymore. I? What am I doing? What's happening? Kevin was born and raised in San Diego, California, and he grew up in Riverside, which is 45 miles east of LA. He went to Chino High School and then finished his high school out in Rubido. Rubido. What a name for a high school. Rubido High School. He has gone to Crafton Hills College for Fire and EMS. He's gone to the Newcastle School of Trades for construction. He is married to Cheryl. Cheryl was on our podcast on November 28th, 2021. So check out her story. It's fascinating. And she tells a little bit of how Kevin and Cheryl met. 
They're both from California, and they both ended up in Ohio. They have two daughters, Casey and Chloe, who are 13 and 11. Are you kidding me? She acts Casey's really 13? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had yeah. lunch with her at Arby's on Sunday. I'm like, dang, Casey, I think you just grew a foot last week. She's like, I think so, too. <laughs> like, she's so tall. Yeah. Anyways. Kevin is a self-proclaimed jack-of-all-trades, master of none. You probably are a master. I, I heard say, you make a, a mean brisket. You're a master master of the brisket. I didn't have any, but I heard, I've heard stories at the men's retreat. He fed everybody and made a mean brisket. So if you missed out on that, make sure you get it on your calendar for next year. He's worked at KFC, Little Caesars, Round Table Pizza, Circle K, Sears Warehouse, Nestle's Warehouse. He was a lifeguard for three years. He got into fire training and EMS. He was a nursing assistant, and he is now in construction and all sorts of projects. Kevin loves woodworking, shooting, anything outdoors, fishing, kayaking, swimming, snorkeling in the Bahamas. Do you oh, really? That snorkel? Not very often. We've been out there, I think, twice. Time to go again. Absolutely. <laughs> and he would love to scuba dive. Mm-hmm. We have Do scuba you have to get a little license there. for that? Yeah, you have to get the training and get certified on it. When the last time we were down in the Bahamas, um, we did snuba diving which is kind of like snorkeling but you're connected to an air hose as if it was scuba diving so you can stay down there longer. you can stay underwater instead of having to breathe at the surface or come up and go back down and you don't need a license for that no i never forgot to heard mention he was also a 911 dispatcher for an ambulance in la county and when he moved to ohio he was a dispatcher as well so Kevin and Cheryl have been at the upper room for about two and a half years, and he's involved in Sunday school classes. We're having a fun time in the Values of the Kingdom class. So if you haven't met Kevin and you want to meet him, come to Sunday school class. There's a seat right next to him open. <laughs> Why is there a seat next to you open? People don't like me. What does that mean? <laughs> That's not true, because he sits in the front. I generally try to hug the walls. I, I'm not a in-the-middle-of-the-room person. Are you naturally an introvert? A little bit. I'm a little bit of both. Okay. An ambervert. It's a thing. It's like you can live oh in gosh. both worlds, but I'm learning so many you gotta like words. You today. can be out there and snooba. And then you gotta pull back and like recharge. Ambivert. Ambivert. Look it up. You know what another word I, I learned tonight was? A philtrum. <laughs> Rex told me about this. <laughs> this is our philtrum, guys. So many new words we snooba. can learn tonight. Philtrum. Ambivert. If you would like to snooba in the Bahamas, Kevin's leading a mission trip there next week. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I accept. (laughs) Well, welcome, Kevin. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for saying yes. Yeah, thanks for saying yes. I love it when people say yes. So, Kevin, tell us, who or what turned your light on? I'd have to say God. I mean, he's always been there for me, whether I realized it or not. Um. I really didn't go to church before I met Cheryl. The only time I ever went was weddings and funerals and went a couple times with friends and went to a couple churches that completely weirded me out. And I was just like, this is not for me. When Cheryl moved out here and I went down and visited and we uh, went to Rubyville Community Church. It was kind of a an old school. I liked it. And This was in Ohio? Yes, down in uh, Lucasville. I ended up getting saved down there. Hmm. 
So you were a young adult Mm -hmm. when you met Cheryl and you guys were in your 20s. Yep. Early and mid-20s. How did your life change once you got saved? It was interesting because uh, just like for where I worked and everything, I was, you know how they, they always say once you get saved, there's always that spiritual warfare. I noticed that I definitely got attacked. So it just kind of helped with the perseverance. Would you say your experience in the church when you were saying you got saved there, did you feel like that was partly through Cheryl or that was the pastor at the time? Or were you part of a small group when there were people who were doing life with you guys? Well, one of our friend's moms down there, she was kind of persistent about it. She just like kept telling me, you need to be saved. You need to get saved. And I was always kind of like, I don't know. I was just real leery about it. I didn't know anything about it. And sometimes when you are not church, you didn't grow up in a church, the language church people could use sometimes is different than what you're used to. <laughs> mm-hmm. But once she started talking to me about it, I kind of started, you know, investigating a little more to try to figure out, you know, what it was all about. And she asked me the one day, she said, so are you ready? I said, yes, I am. And we did it. So it was really the persistence. It was. At first, I was, you know, more or less feeling pressured. Instead of me making the decision. But I mean, like I said, after I looked into a little more to figure out, you know, what does it mean? I think that's I was able to make an educated decision. Were you guys married yet? No. You were still dating because Cheryl grew up in the church. Did you guys have conversations about that when you were dating? Yep. I mean, she would share her background experiences and stuff. It was kind of odd because we came from completely different backgrounds. Her background was more or less going to church and family showed a lot more affection towards each other. My family really didn't. My dad was never in the picture. He would only come around once every other month, and that's if he showed up. My stepdad, he's the one I call dad. Pretty much everything I needed to learn, I learned from him. But the affection, it was never really there in our household. Did you become a hugger after you met Cheryl? He's like, <laughs> not really. A little bit, but not too much. I mean, I hug my family, but random people, people and strangers and stuff. I'm just want to get to know you before I start hugging up on you. <laughs> so, what's your what has your journey been like? You know, that happened when you were young. Hmm. You guys have been married for 16 years now. Like, how has that journey been? A lot of ups and downs. So, tell us, Kevin, what lights you up? I guess I'm passionate towards, like, helping people. I would think if you're in fire and EMS and a dispatcher and construction, it's helping in a different way, but... I've always found myself, I guess, doing more for others than I do for myself. Everybody keeps telling me, you need to take care of yourself. I'll get to it when I get to it. But there's, you know, something that needs done. Generally, I'm out there either trying to do it or finding somebody else that can. That must have been instilled in you at a really young age because you were doing that as a teen. You know, you went to the, you were a lifeguard and... Fire explorers. Is that like Boy Scouts only for fire? Yeah. They train you and teach you how to have all the aspects of the fire service. Started that at 15. But since 15, I've always had that desire always been inside me just to do for others. 
That's amazing because I feel like I would like to do for others until you start saying things like 911 and ambulances and EMS and then immediately they're like, no, thank you. Those are so intense. I mean, that's helping people on such an intense level. Really, I know I said it before, but man, that takes someone very different and very special because the amount of stress and that's a whole nother level. And Cheryl, too. That's so interesting that that like... Mm -hmm. In the hospital, working in intense situations towards the help and the benefit of people. Did you see that in her? Like what you have? Did you see that she had it too? Mm-hmm. And that was... Yeah. Yeah. Ever since I've met her, she's always had that desire. And uh, before we got married, she was actually going to move up here closer to me. We were going to get her an apartment and stuff and try to you know, get her through school. But just before she moved out here, her mom ended up getting sick. So she had to uh, move in with her and help take care of her. Yeah. And she was going to school for nursing. And yeah, I, I saw that passion. And she definitely still has that passion. She loves being a nurse and when you switched gears and went from EMS and fire to construction, do you feel like you're helping in the same way? Does it fulfill your needs to help people? In a different realm, yes. I mean, obviously, there are two very different aspects, but I mean, you can be sitting at home watching TV and that pager goes off and you're gone. Construction, it, it's a different, but yeah, it still, you know, fulfills that you're doing that for somebody else's house. Like whether it's something that needs done or whether they want to have it done, I'm there working for customers. So knowing that that's your bent and you love helping people, how are you letting your light shine in this season of your life? Just staying positive. Keep working hard. You run into situations you can't give up. Well, and you guys have had a doozy of the last two years with just shortly after the pandemic started and his wife, Cheryl, is a nurse. Then your house catching on fire and you guys being displaced. It's been a rough two years for you guys. And you're starting over. Pretty much, yeah. Before the pandemic actually like started hitting the news and everything, Christmas Day two years ago, she got really sick. We were supposed to go to my mom's house and we ended up, I took my daughters over, but then I went back home and basically helped take care of Cheryl. She believes that she might have had COVID then before it hit the mainstream. And then she ended up getting it again, I think in May. So she got hit with it twice. I thank God that I never got it. And pretty much everybody that I work with has had it. We were working shoulder to shoulder. I never got it. Like an immune system of steel. Yeah. I I don't get sick very often at all. Sick, sick, doesn't happen. So talk to us about being positive, especially in times of trauma and trial. What do you draw from to stay positive? God. I mean, I just, every now and then, I I don't want to say I shut down, but when things start going haywire, I just kind of close my eyes and I'm just like... I need you. Several things in my past, I've, it was pretty interesting that I wouldn't have gotten through without him. And even the guys at work right now keep asking me, how am I staying so calm through this whole ordeal with the fire? I just, other than saying, I don't know, you know, God, it's something that you can't really explain. It's just, you feel it. You just feel at peace with everything that's happening. That makes me think of what you guys shared when you talked about 
love on Advent with the church about Chloe saying, I don't know, I just feel God's love every day. You just feel his presence. That's special. Even if you can't put words to it, you can feel it. Yeah. But just like her and also the people that you're working with, in both cases, people notice and they ask questions Mm -hmm. because it's different than what people are used to. Um, Also, it sounds like you have an insane work ethic. That's probably maybe not something you'll bring up but is another way I think that people show themselves to be different or let their light shine is by the way they work and the way they are on a day-to-day basis that things matter to them and work matters to them. And I feel like sometimes people really set themselves apart from the rest of the world when it comes to work ethic and how they love and care for people at work, but also how they do their work. I don't know what I'm going to do after retirement. <laughs> I'm probably going to be no that. retirement in the Bible. No, no, I'll probably be that 80 year old guy still tinkering away in the garage <laughs> while the wife's yelling at him. <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> um, do you smoke meats and stuff just for fun? Is that a hobby? That's kind of a passion. I mean, oh, I guess well, you can say that's, that. I guess you can say that's what lights me up too. I just, I don't know. I've always loved barbecuing and smoking. And there was a few groups that I was a member of on Facebook that everybody shares recipes and techniques and everything. And I picked up a little bit here, a little bit there, and I just kind of ran with it. I think my biggest thing is knowing that other people enjoy it. Servant's heart. What kind of smoker do you have? Well, now I have a, a pellet smoker. The other one was just an electric one where you throw handfuls of wood chips in the bottom. Would you consider that kind of a beginner's one? Or there are some people who just like the plug-in electrical kind and that's fine. Well, the plug-in ones are much easier to be able to maintain a temperature. There are charcoal ones that you light the charcoal and you throw handfuls of the stuff in there. But you have to regulate those? Yes, those are more difficult to regulate because as the fire dies down and you put more coals in there, then you're going to have a spike in your temperature. It's like a science. Brisket, your favorite ribs? Brisket and ribs. You make your own sauce? A little bit here and there. I don't make it from scratch. I have like a couple things that I kind of tweak and make it my own. Yeah, doctor it. Yeah. I I like to do anything from sweet and tangy to I think one time I did almost like a melt your face off kind of thing. But I mean, I love spice, but it was... It was a bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. I do like dry rubs and I do the sauce. If I cook them on the barbecue, I, I like to sauce them up because then it actually caramelizes the sauce onto the ribs and... I oh, love yeah. that. That's I love something. doing it because, you know, it makes people happy. Do you have a goal of, like, going to visit some more famous barbecue sites? Like, down south, do you ever think about? Oh, yeah. There, there's a guy, his name is Myron Mixon, that he actually does weekend barbecue. Schools? Yeah. Workshops? Yeah, pretty much. You pay for it and you go down there. And I mean, the first night, I think he does, like, a whole hog. And then the next day, they just do all kinds of different meats. So, I mean, you're definitely getting the meat sweats. <laughs> so, it, it's good stuff. Sweats. I'd love to do that. <laughs> but I think it was like $900 the last time I checked. Just keep learning on by experience and pretty much watching you just videos. Facebook groups. <laughs> tweak little things here and there and make That's it cool. your own. Oh, hey, tell me if you or have you had any supernatural experiences when it comes to God, 
your relationship with him? I don't know. That's a good one. I've never really thought about it that way. I want to know how you're liking Values in the Kingdom. I know Cheryl's getting a lot of new stuff out of it. How's your experience been? Pretty good. Learning quite a bit, and it's very informative. What's been the most eye-opening to you? Probably just how in-depth it is. Like a lot of the references that they pull out of the Bible and how they relate it to normal, everyday situations. And if you're out there listening, there is room for you right next to Kevin against the wall in the front. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm in the front, though. Yeah, I know. I like when people come to the front. How's your experience been switching churches? Because I know Cheryl said that you were more reluctant to switch. You guys had been at a place for a long time mm-hmm. to make the move and make a change. How was that process for you? Once it happened, it, it was okay. It wasn't that bad. I understood why Cheryl wanted to switch. It was pretty much because the kids program there just dwindled away to really nothing. That was her biggest desire was to find another church that had kids programs. My reluctancy to leave was I worked the sound booth. I don't want to say I was more or less security around there, but I was. I'm you just, were doing your thing. You were serving. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm the kind of person that if I see that there's a need there, I don't like to leave. Mm-hmm. With like where I work now, I mean, I don't like calling off. I mean, I think in the last seven years, I've only called off six or seven times. And it's always because I know there's so much work that needs done that if I'm not there, it's not going to get done. And it's kind of how I felt in the church was there's a need that he needed people and they needed work in the sound booth and everything. And it was basically me and one other lady and... If she wasn't able to be there, then I kind of felt that I had to be there when it came time for us to leave that church. I personally felt that I was leaving them high and dry, which really wasn't the situation because, you know, they had people that they can train or whatnot. But I just personally kind of felt not necessarily abandoning them, but that's just how I feel inside. You're really loyal. Yeah. Well, we're really happy to have you here, and it's been fun to have Cheryl involved in the women's ministry and Mm -hmm. the girls in the youth ministry and the guys get your brisket Mm -hmm. at the men's retreat. (laughs) Maybe you can cater lunch for us next year. So I'll have to sneak you guys some. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been fun having you here and getting to know you more. For real. If you are a meat a meat connoisseur. Okay. If you are a meat connoisseur, come find Kevin and he'll give you some tips and some recipes. Mm-hmm. That's great. But not all the secrets. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there are certain things you got to keep. It doesn't taste quite right. It's not quite as good as Kevin's, but well, thanks, thanks for coming, Kevin. Yeah. Thank make, you for having me. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.